Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming the best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the episode of Chasing Health Podcast. I have with me today, Will Franz. Him and I met back in Arizona a few weeks back when we were at the Nutritional Coaching Institute conference. Um, great conference, got to meet a lot of great people, including Will himself, and really excited to have him on the show today. He's got um, a different perspective on a few different things that I want to touch on today, so we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, welcome, Will, to the show. Thanks, man. I'm really happy to be here. It's good to meet you in Arizona, and I'm stoked to be doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. So glad to have you. First, before we dive into some um, content stuff here, like tell us a little more about yourself. What's your background look like? Sure. So when I was like in my teens, I I was fat for most of my teens, like definitely not quite where I wanted to be. Got made fun of in middle school, you know, because middle school sucks as most of us <laughs> have experienced. Right. Um, and then that kind of held pretty steady, except for a growth spurt until I was about 20. Right. And then when I got to the age of 20, I got really frustrated with myself and ended up finding like body weight training um, through and some kettlebell stuff and the warrior diet, if you're familiar with old Ori Hoffmeckler, and ended up losing like 50 pounds in about nine months. So not 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 quite as much as you, but the same like trajectory and stuff. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, that 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 speedy weight loss. That's still and, incredible. Hey man, thank you. And I like kept it off for a very long time through like one to two hours of exercise a day and just not eating enough food. And in some ways it was great. I definitely became a better athlete because I had a, you know, cardio engine and was a little more mobile, but I also just wasn't eating enough. So I got injured a lot. So shoulder injuries and knee problems and hip things. And my soft tissue is not super stoked with me, even like to this day. And during that time, like I was living in Arizona and I didn't know any better and just kind of fell in love with the stuff I was doing. So I was cycling a lot. I was a delivery guy for Jimmy John's. I was, so I was biking like 30 to 40 miles per day on the job. And then probably like an odd century ride on the weekend, just for fun. (laughs) And then (laughs) I would, uh, and then I moved to Korea to teach English and so cool. Like it was a good time, man. Like really, really like to teach so English. Cool. Is not, it's not the like right phrase. It was to justify me traveling through Asia. Hence <laughs> why I'm a traveler. So now I get to travel the country and work. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I feel you. It is still like very much my passion. I still tried to travel at least a month or two out of the year prior awesome. to the like pre-apocalypse, and I'm hoping to get back to it again here soon. Yeah, but <clears throat> I. I got really back into ultimate Frisbee because that was kind of my love in high school and college. And I ended up finding a team there and ended up playing in, in nationals and some high level tournaments. And then, so really in shape is really the, the short course there. Mm-hmm. And then when I got back to the States, I, for some reason, decided I wanted to be a snowboard instructor and started applying to jobs and ended up in Utah. So it's where I still am. I planned to be here for like a season or two and it's been six years. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Never ended up being a snowboard instructor. I was a lifty for a year and then I was a lift mechanic for summer. And then I worked as a groomer for the next like five seasons. And for those of you who aren't super familiar with the ski industry, grooming is like giant machines that make snow flat. That is, that's, that's your job. Um, and you work at night. At, at best, you work like 4.30 p.m. to midnight, but my shift was great. So I worked 11 p.m. to 10 a.m. And Yikes. <laughs> rough times. <laughs> yeah, I know you work night shift, so like you get it. Most, most people don't, but it's, it's a bear. And, uh-huh. um, I went from working out two hours a day and not eating nearly enough to drinking a lot of beer and <laughs> hanging out with groomers and eating, eating out a lot and not really moving because it's a very sedentary job. Yeah. And I gained 30 pounds in three months. And right around that same time, my dad died from like a long struggle with hep C. He had it ever since I was probably 10 or 12 or something. He got it from poor sharps control in the hospital. Wow. And yes, bitch. And like, you probably know how the like last year of that life looks, it sucks. So mm-hmm. We um, got really deep into, sorry, got really deep into like looking into health stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily have the best genes. I've looked into it, really high propensity to some cancers and mm-hmm. heart attacks for sure. So I just dove into a rabbit hole, <laughs> found myself like listening to many, many podcasts and reading a lot of books and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what was true. and decided to kind of share my knowledge with other people. So became personal trainer and nutrition coach and then started working with anybody who'd hire me really. But most, then I ended up finding this gym where I currently work and mm-hmm. we work with a lot of outdoor athletes and my, my girlfriend, her dad is an ultra runner and I... <laughs> to this day have not run more than six miles in probably the past <laughs> like when was that 10 years ago mm-hmm. um but I've done my time on endurance I've done my time like doing this stuff and after preparing a guy to climb Everest crushed it by the way like made it to the top lost that's a pound awesome. in the process it was that's so cool it's really cool <laughs> like the photos <laughs> just made me so happy um, I, I can't imagine <laughs> It's nuts. And then like prepping other people for these really absurdly long races. Like I kind of found my space there and that tends to be who I, that's over half my client base now is people who decide to run really far for some reason. So yeah. <laughs> Those crazy people. No, <laughs> um, no that, that's I mean, great. you're not wrong and they will totally own it. I tell them that daily <laughs> and they're like, yeah, man, that's why we do this. Like, yeah, I get it. it yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and I know like how challenging it is. Like I, I was never ever a runner and I mean, you've seen my weight loss story of course I wasn't back then, but then like, you know, I got into the gym and when I started my health journey and then like once COVID shut down and everything, it's like, Oh great. Now what do I do? Like, you know, I can't go work out. And, you know, I didn't really have much at home to really work out with. So I was just like, well, I need to get out and move, do something. So I started mm-hmm. walking and then I was like, I'm going to train for a 5k. You know, I've always wanted yeah. to, I've always run, wanted to run a 5k and so I started doing that. And then that was like right around when COVID first started. Um, and the 5k ended up being canceled because it was like right around, like when it started <laughs> to get really bad. So yeah. I was like, Oh, well, you know, so I, I like ran it virtually, so to speak <laughs> around right. my neighborhood. Um, yeah. and then I started running more and then for some crazy reason, a friend convinced me to start training the, uh, for a marathon that was a year later. <laughs> 
Yeah. It sounded like an amazing idea. I was all gun oh, ho, yeah. all gun ho about it. And I was like, all right, I have a year to train. Like, yeah, I can, I can do this. And so I started running, running, running. And it was, it was, I got, I started to really enjoy it. Actually, I started, I'm just, like, yeah. I'm just like therapeutic. Cause you know, working during COVID as a nurse and just craziness. It was like, that was my alone time of just being able to like, just de-stress. <clears throat> and then I got to the point where probably around like the nine ish mile mark, my, um, it bands, my knees started bothering me. <laughs> Oh yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna let this stop me. You know, I, I was hardheaded. So I was like, all right, let's go to PT. You know, well, actually first step back a second. I went like a whole month of not taking care of it. Cause I was like, I was just like, Oh, it's just me, but you know, just being a wuss, like just keep going, yeah. just keep pushing past it. And it got to the point where I was like, all right, literally I can't even walk now. hardly. <laughs> so I oh, man, went, that makes sense. <laughs> so I went to PT and gave it a shot for like four or five months of PT and kept trying to run. The longest I ever got up to was like just shy of 12 miles nice. running. And so, I mean, like I was super pumped about that and proud, but it, like it started getting to the point where it's just like, I was dreading the runs because it was just, oh, yeah. it, was, it, it went from fun to just dreading each long run each week. So I stopped it. It was really hard. I, you know, and actually in the marathon got um, canceled as well because of COVID because it went a lot longer than the, what two weeks we thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so long story short, it ended up getting canceled and I was really like, I owned it. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just switch right back to strength training. I'm going to really start doubling down on that. And that's going to be my new, like big thing to focus on. And I'm still really trying to work on my strength training now. So, but yeah, with that all being said, I, I totally get like, the, I've done some of the nutrition piece yeah. and nutrition work with the um, running for my own personal experience, trying to like learn how to fuel for those kind of things. So I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah, um, you can do that. Like, so when you have someone, like, I guess first let's say, let's just, cause you know, my general listeners who maybe listen to this, maybe aren't, you know, really long distance runners, but maybe they want to start looking into that. What are some things they need to start looking into if they're going to start doing some long distance running stuff? Yeah. So first off, like, I'm going to just dial back a couple seconds. So running it, the owner of my gym says the phrase running is a strength-based skill. Right. So that is actually really a good place to start. <clears throat> if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you're going to watch a hopeful, per successful progression from like basically zero to an ultra this year. Um, that is really fast. And I do not necessarily recommend that for most people, <laughs> but I have spent the past many years getting really strong. Right. So like if and one of the main causes, like IT band stuff and patellar pain, and all these things that I definitely experienced the last time I tried to run really far, um, was a huge imbalance between my quads and hamstrings, right? Mm -hmm. So now that I can deadlift a shitload of weight, it is better on my <laughs> shitty knees and it is really, it is helpful, right? So like the bursitis doesn't flare as much as it would because I'm a lot stronger. So that mm -hmm. makes a bunch of sense, right? Mm -hmm. And then like you'll hear... I mean, I know you know the mind pump guys because we're just together with them recently. Yeah. And like Adam will talk about mobility stuff and like the more he opened his hips, the better he like got better. So mm -hmm. all of that stuff is kind of a prerequisite, right? Like you need to start all where you are and kind of build, build the deficiencies first. Yep. So that would be first thing. And then nutrition stuff. Yeah, man, <laughs> it is. It's rough. I think the biggest thing I see for these distance runners who are distance athletes of any kind, be it cycling or running or rowing or swimming, um, triathletes, they don't eat enough. 
right? So I see probably two reasons for that. And I don't, everyone's kind of in their own little box, but I know both of these applied to me at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I got into cycling to lose weight. So I got very used to performing in a calorie deficit and just kind of feeling like shit all the time. Mm -hmm. So when I hit more or less the body I wanted when I was in my 20s or early 20s, I never really properly what we what I now know is a reverse diet or like coming out of it mm -hmm. because I just got used to feeling like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I needed to eat more and it would have helped quite a lot, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't know that. So I kept getting injured. So that'd be the big thing. Are you eating more? And as you scale from like a 5k to a 10k to like marathon prep to these <laughs> the man who wins all of these races right now literally runs like over a hundred miles a week. Um, oh, Jim Walmsley eats thousands of calories a day as he fucking should. Um, yes. And like we see most people know Michael Phelps was eating like 10 to 12,000 calorie days when he was doing all that swim training for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Something more on that realm of things is probably what your diet looks like because running is or all endurance work is yeah. super catabolic. It tears you down. It burns a bunch of calories in the moment, right? Yep. So that is, yep. that's the biggest one. Eat more. And then as you start, <laughs> start running or cycling or swimming more, eat even more. Like yes, it is exactly. Thing. And yeah, I'd say that's the kind of the biggest start point for, for that. Cause yeah. as most of us know, like running or long-term distance stuff, unless you really love it is a terrible way to lose weight in the long term. Like all those hours I spent on the treadmill as a teenager <laughs> being frustrated, like yep. wasn't getting me anywhere because it was just burning calories, but it wasn't actually like creating a good metabolic engine. Yep. Like <clears throat> if you're like trying to use it for weight loss purposes or whatever, you're probably like a hamster on a treadmill or a hamster on mm -hmm. the wheel. Like you're just kind of biting your own tail. Whereas need to like build the strength first, build the metabolism to get there. And then if you want to do, do this stuff, sure. It's fun. It's fun to be in the woods. It's fun to go like disappear for a long time. I've also find the meditative aspect of it. Yeah. Like, as someone who like voluntarily chose night work, because I liked being <laughs> alone and like listening to podcasts in my SoCat. I get that. Yeah. Is, uh, that is probably more of the benefit of it. It is the challenge. It is whatever. It is not a like weight maintenance strategy. Yeah. <laughs> No, I agree with that hundred percent. And it's funny. You were just mentioning about the, like the amount of calories you have to eat and stuff. Like it's, I think back to um, iron cowboy when he was giving his speech in Arizona, <laughs> when we were listening to him, you know, yeah, for those of you listening who don't know who that is, um, iron cowboy is a guy who ran literally 101 actually, um, full length Ironmans, so full triathlons, um, 101 days in a row. So one every mm -hmm. single day. And he said he was eating 10, 12,000 calories a day. And mm -hmm. That's just, and, and some of the food that he was talking about, he had to blow through, it just <laughs> blew my mind. I think, I think everyone that I saw in my row were just like mouth wide open, like, like, oh my gosh, as he's yeah. rattling off everything he'd eaten one day. I was um, listening to him say that. I was just laughing and like the people next to me were like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. 100%. But, it, but it makes sense because like he said, like you're not training just for the next hour or the next, I mean, not yeah. eating just for the next hour, next two hours, the next day, like you're eating for days on days, on days, on days. Um, for sure. Yeah. I can totally understand that. Um, you mentioned earlier about the, like 
how it requires a lot of strength training in the very beginning when you're starting to look at running um, yeah. and, and some of the, the um, like imbalances that you see and stuff like that. What are, can you talk a little more about that? Like some of the common problems you see with runners and like what some of the things you do to like kind of dive into, like start fixing some of those problems. Sure. Um, yeah. So the strength stuff will help a lot. And a lot of the problems are going to come from some, a muscle imbalance somewhere. Right. And there's, there's things we could throw out, like your glute meat's probably weak because it probably is. Um, cause most people's are, uh, you're qu- probably quad dominant because running is a very like quad heavy sport. And most people don't really use their hamstrings. Right. So probably need to strengthen your hamstrings, but it's going to be super personally dependent. If I had a thing for people to look at, it would definitely be hamstring strength. So if you can squat a couple hundred pounds and you can't deadlift more than you can squat, probably need to like, look at that, right? You mm-hmm. need to add some like Romanian deadlifts or hip thrusters or something in there. Um, if you want to run really far, your calves probably need to be strong and you can do calf raises for that. You can also just get it running. Like running is a great source to like help you build that calf endurance, mm-hmm. but you need to be able to call it when you're, when you're done. Like yeah. don't, don't exactly. bury yourself 20 miles into a trail and then walk home and have Achilles pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is foot strength. So I'm not, I did a bunch of the barefoot stuff when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it is a great idea most of the time. I don't necessarily think it's a great idea for most people running. Um, but I do think you should probably spend most of your day barefoot. You should have strong feet. If you don't have strong feet, that's a problem. So yeah. your feet should be strong and then you should put shoes on strong feet, not, not rely yeah. on your shoes, to like make compensate for problems. Yeah. So with new with back to like the nutrition pieces again, yeah. like here, like, so what are some things like, you know, I, I remember like back when I was running, like I had people, like some of the runners that I were, were talking to when I started to do a little bit of running myself, like they sure. were talking about like the, like, like the quick gels and stuff like that, like <laughs> as you're running to like for energy source and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming probably if, if you're going to be running for a lot, lot longer, you're going to need some like real food as well. Right. I mean, like what, 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 what do you recommend people you know, if they are guard running for longer distance, and I know this is like pretty super niche and not everyone's going to fit into this category, but like, I'm just really curious what kind yeah. of food you have someone like take on a run if they're going for, you know, tons and tons and tons of miles, whatever it may be, <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah. X amount tons is, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. So like, if you're doing same stuff applies to running as it does to the gym, if you're working out for less than two hours, you probably don't need anything. Yeah. Right? You, you can, if you, if you have a performance day, if you're going to go do some intensity sprints, then fuel it, but you don't need it necessarily, especially if you're just going to go cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, your metabolism seems to shift at some point from being able to process quite as many carbs. And that mm-hmm. is very likely a factor of how fit you are as part of it. And then how fast you're going. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, anybody could walk a hundred miles in theory yeah. <laughs> and you could eat whatever the fuck you want along the way. Right? Yeah. Like you're not going fast enough to where it's going to be an issue. Exactly. If you're trying to win a 50 K, um, you're going to be pushing people do this in like five hours. Right. So like, yeah, you're going to be driving hard yeah. <laughs> and, and 
some of that is if you're really fit, you can get away with more. So it really comes down to blood flow. So if you're running, most of your blood is in your legs and there's not as much of it in your stomach. Mm -hmm. So if you're struggling with nausea and digestive issues, that probably means your food is sitting in your stomach mm -hmm. and it is not getting to your small intestine and like getting where it needs to go, mm -hmm. i.e. your muscles. Um, so I take the person's fitness definitely into account. Like if you've been training for a very long time, you can get away with more, especially if you're trying to cruise for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. um, for me, <laughs> someone who's just training and like getting rolling, it would be a very different story. Right. So like my legs need a lot of blood because they're not used to doing this stuff. So I would very much leverage things like dextrose and highly branched cyclic dextrin and these kind of things because they get through your stomach so fast and like will mm -hmm. replenish that glycogen. And then when you start to slow down because you're getting fatigued you can kind of eat, most people can kind of eat whatever they want as long as they've been staying hydrated. So that's the other thing. Mm. There's a lot of more you move, obviously you sweat and you dehydrate. And yep. not only is that like an issue for a whole host of reasons that most of us are aware of, um, it also drops your blood volume. So already you don't have a lot of blood flow to your stomach. If your mm -hmm. blood volume drops, you have even less. So you need to stay hydrated. So like I will have athletes do a sweat test where they try and figure out how much they sweat in an hour. Oh, so wow. we can at least get a target for hmm. what they're trying to intake and then add some salt to that or make sure they're intaking enough salt so they don't kill themselves because hyponatremia yeah. is dangerous. Yes. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then get, and then if that's, if that's on board, you can eat pretty well, but most nutrition problems in the ultra world are hydration problems or just stupid food choices. Like don't, don't eat pizza during the first like five hours. It's not, <laughs> probably not a great idea if you're trying to push <laughs> like, I don't know. not the six segment muffins that iron cowboy had in the morning <laughs> i actually wanted no that's a good point. Just like, had like, to bring that up no it's awesome right like that is the exact <laughs> that is the exact thing that, that we should look at right so his uh if he was doing a single iron man he said he could knock it out in less than 10 hours which is like world-class pace and then it, when he was doing 101 in 101 days, he was pushing closer to like 14 to 16 hours. So he's moving slower so he can eat things like, yes. like yeah, 100%. Breakfast burritos and <laughs> yeah. everything else. <laughs> like there's a very famous ultra runner named Scott Jurek and he, he has completed like the fastest known time in the Appalachian Trail. And it was wow. like 40, 40 some days. It was absurd. And many diet things with Scott aside, he notoriously eats burritos all the time. And that's because he's a savage when you run that far <laughs> for that long. Like you have so like he stays well hydrated and eats whatever the fuck he wants to. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I a, if I had a burrito at a five mile run, I'd probably throw up. Like it's just not there. Like the, the I couldn't eat a burrito, go work out, do anything. <laughs> not even like one lap around the gym. I'm gonna be pumping it up. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a, it's a different world. It's very weird. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, let's talk recovery. So, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's super important that a lot of, you know, so for the, let's kind of also relate this more to like the general population, someone mm -hmm. who's maybe not running miles and miles every single day. Yeah, yeah. 
what does like the recovery process need to look like for someone who is maybe like, and kind of like someone who's maybe more advanced, like they are working out on a pretty routine basis. Like what kind of like recovery routine should they be looking at to really like make sure that like they're maximizing results and like actually feeling like a good, like feeling good. Yeah, man. I totally get that. So I just kind of the world I'm in, I tend to hear a lot about overtraining syndrome, right? And that it is a real thing. Um, overtraining syndrome looks like what happened to the Iron Cowboy after 101 days, right? Like his cortisol yeah. has crashed, his HPA axis dysfunction. He has literally done more work than his body could possibly have recovered from. Mm-hmm. And he ended up in like a four-month four recovery bender because yeah. he was fucking broken, right? <laughs> um, that is overtraining. Um, then there is just under recovery. And that's where most of us are. Like me in my early twenties, like I kept getting injured because it's not that I was overtraining. I was not recovering properly. I was sleeping five hours a night and not eating enough food. And I, if you want a really basic one, there really, I don't think is a better system than what Sam Miller does with shreds, right? It is sleep, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, and stress. And if those things are on board, you're probably pretty good. For most people I talk to, I actually add two things to those um, because of personal experience, and that would be libido and mood. Mm -hmm. Like it, but all of those things should be normal for you, if not pretty good. And if they're starting to tank, then you're starting to see issues. And I add those two because those were the two that like went for me fastest. Like if I am under recovered and having overtraining things the first couple things that it goes my sex drive is going to like start to disappear and i turn into a prick like that's really it like that's kind of where it goes so those are those are the big things i look at so for most people um you should feel good is really it you might be a little tired like training's hard if you're trying to lose fat dieting sucks like we've we've both been there it's hard mm-hmm. but you're going to not feel necessarily perfect you should feel mostly good and if you don't feel mostly good then you're probably a little on the under recovery side yeah yeah <laughs> couldn't agree more with that so so what's next for you what, what what's your next like big goals looking like <laughs> um I don't know, man uh getting through winter right so like we just had a huge snowstorm here I'm nice. not working at a working at a mountain this year, so that's kind of nice. My sleep schedule gets to stay like a human, so that's good. Um, I'm hoping to run an ultra sometime in like June, July, so we'll see how that goes. You're welcome to like follow that training. It's gonna be real boring, but it's gonna be <laughs> hopefully productive. Gotcha. But that's that's the big one. I honestly am again. I fell ass backwards into this world. And I just want to make a difference. I do a bunch of free consults and I just saw things that I didn't like. Right. So I, I want to not, I want to help them get better. So my big goals are definitely more on the like business and impact side of help athletes not get overtrained when they're trying to do cool shit. Like if, if you're doing cool shit, I love that. And it sucks when you end up damaged at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say? I always, I always ask my guests whenever they come on the show towards the end here, it's like, what are two big pieces of advice you could give to someone who um, could really like, you know, maybe wanting to make a change in their life, you know, whether it be weight loss or just 
better health in general. What are your top two pieces of advice you'd give anybody? I mean, I'm going to straight up steal Christy Campbell's that she said is walk more. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> gonna own that one. Um, but really any movement's good. So like I'm sitting down right now, but this is, this is a standing desk that I can adjust and nice. it helps me a lot. So if I'm not talking to a human, I, this will be in the standing position and that is where I write programs and do everything. So even, even that little bit is helpful. Um, and then walking all these things, like if you just move a little more, it, it stacks, it adds up so much. Mm-hmm. And that is the big one. And then, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've found that as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So move more is really the thing. And it doesn't Absolutely. necessarily need to be these like ultras or lifting no. 300 pounds or anything. It's just like, move a bit. It's a good deal. Yeah. Good I, walk. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I run into a lot of coaches in my world that are like, well, when you're training hundred miles a week, your rest day should probably be rest days, like barely move from the couch. And I don't really jive with that too much. Like the athletes I've worked front with, they'll actually do a little better if they, they walk, they, they need to walk. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a different spectrum. They can't go for like a light jog, but if they move, they'll be a little better off. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else you want to add before we close out here, Will? Yeah. The other one, like eat, eat whole food. Like I, this is one of the things that I've heard you say before, like health is not necessarily easy, but it's pretty simple. Like move a little more, eat real food. Yeah. (laughs) The less processed shit you eat, the better. And I know that was one of the big advantages for me was my, my parents did cook. We didn't always like, it was tend to be pretty calorie heavy, but at least like Mm -hmm. I had a cooking thing in my life Mm -hmm. and that has always stuck true. So if you can cook more or at least like pick foods that are made of food <laughs> not like <laughs> sodium bisglycinate those kinds yeah of all the if you can't pronounce more than half the, yeah. the nutrition label it's probably not the best choice <laughs> 100%, <laughs> at least all like, the time of course you can yeah. have those things once in a while but like not all the time yeah man i mean everybody gets to eat whatever the fuck they want for i mean exactly. you're an adult you can eat whatever the fuck you want any any time you want to but if yep. you if you have some goals like 80 to 90 percent of the time like stick with food you cook or really recognize and then kind of just lean outside of it. Like I, one of the things that is pushing more into this realm is, as I said, there's a bunch of really good coaches to help with health and fat loss. And I like people like you and Christy and then like make it super simple, like tiny habits, small things, like yep. just take the next step, man. Then try to do it again the next day and try to do it again the next day. Yep. And that becomes really consistent. Add something else. It's it's a long term plan, man. Nobody needs to lose fat like you and I did. It's no. I mean it's great. It feels really nice yeah. <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> Don't be wrong. When the pounds are literally dropping daily, it's nice. But I will quote Jason till I die of like I care where you are in ten months or ten years far more than Absolutely. I care where you are in ten weeks. Absolutely. Well said, man. Well, this has been an incredible episode. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where can people find you? Um, go ahead and drop all your stuff and I'll include it all in the show notes, of course, as well. But where can they find you at? Sure. Um, my Instagram, which I was off for a long time because I very bluntly hate social media, but I'm getting back on it because it Same. seems to be doing, doing, well, <laughs> doing well for me. Um, my Instagram is will.c.franz. It's just my name. Um, my Facebook presence is 
I'll, it's there. Search Will Franz will be there. Um, I think the, the tag is actually will.franz.89 because it's my birthday. And then if you actually want to run really far, the best place to find me is Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition. That group okay. on Facebook will be, that is where I'm most active. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds good, man. And um, one other quick thing I wanted to yeah. ask you about, because I'll be showing sharing it in the notes as well. What's the enjoyyour50k.com? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that shit. Um, <laughs> terrible businessman. It's all right. No, I'm gonna throw it. In, I'm gonna throw it in the notes. So I want to make sure people know what to look at. I appreciate that. Yeah. So if you do want to run far, a local coach and I, his name is um, Michael Krasinski. He and I did a workshop, and it's like two to three hours long, somewhere in there, and it is pretty much everything you need to know to run a 50k. Um, gives some access to us. The nutrition documents alone are worth $200. I know this because I've taken, taken courses that much and I just included everything I know. So <laughs> um, if you want to run really far, it is a really good start and it will give you a good, good guidance as to how to get there. So enjoyyour50k.com, go for it. And that awesome. would be like a good way to do that. I think it's 29 bucks. So it's dirt cheap. Awesome. Well, guys, all that'll be in the show notes. Go check that out. Connect with Will. Thank you so much again again for coming on the show. Thanks, Chase. It's really good to be here. Yeah, have a good one. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.